Activism isn't about being loud, it's about making a meaningful change. I'm a catalyst for change. Catalyst for change. I saw what was happening to our planet and the injustice of climate change. I was like, wow, I'm an activist at heart. Combining art and activism to inspire change. I had to find my place in activism as a young black woman. I realized you're never too small to take action. Youth have ideas for what a climate resilient future looks like. Protecting the environment isn't a wise people's thing. It's something for everyone. I wanted to learn about how inequality, poverty and gender intersect. Intersectional feminism is important to discuss. Now people are joining me and we're making change. I had to learn to trust my abilities and understand that my voice mattered. I proved to myself what I could do. Change needs to start with you and me. Youth are leading. Sanbonani Dumelang Absheni and welcome to Youth Tell All. The homegrown South African podcast sharing stories of young people taking action to create a more sustainable, inclusive and equitable future for all. We're your hosts, Bonolo Mwiganyane. And I'm with my co-host, with the most, Zahir Suleiman. And today we have an inspiring episode for you. Today, I am so excited. I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Kopano Moraka. We went from sending each other Instagram reels at 2 a.m. <laughs> to here in studio. Kopano is 25 years old from Pretoria and she has a degree in international relations. Welcome, Kupano. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> now, Kupano, I understand you have a story to share about how you found your way in activism. Mm-hmm. Please, tell us more wait, about wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into it, Bolo, okay. before we get okay. into it, Kupano, I have something serious to, to ask you. Okay. If you were a scented candle, what scent would you be? <laughs> Are you doing this man on me now? <laughs> I think something lemony, orangey, zesty. Okay. I have no idea. But okay. Somewhere along the citrusy line. So you sing your sour. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, it can be sweet. Oranges are sweet too. Okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> fine. 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 <laughs> but, uh, Copano, yeah. take it away. Tell us your story. Uh, okay. So. There's this moment where I was standing on stage, right? And I've got this glamorous shimmering dress on. And, you know, this dress is very sexy. It's tight and it's, it's, it's hugging my, my, my body. And it's got this little train at the back, right? And I decided to pair it with a red lipstick. And I'm staring at the line of girls in front of me. And the line is getting shorter and shorter by every question. And at the same time, you can feel the excitement in the air. You know, like, you know, the tension, but excitement. Mm-hmm. And... I can feel my chest caving in. And when I tell you my heartbeat was beating out of my chest, I was not kidding. This was really do or die. And my palms were beginning to sweat. I can feel myself running out of breath. And I'm trying to keep myself calm by telling myself that, KP, you can do this. You've got this. And all of a sudden... I hear my name being called and I'm literally hoosaring my way onto the mic, you know, to, to the MC in front of the stage. And it's my turn. I'm trying to keep it together. And to make things worse, there's this bright shimmering light, you know, just bl- blinding me. And it's, it's, it's hot and it's just like staring right at me in the stage, you know. And there's like 300 people around in the audience anticipating what's to come. And then I hear the MC say, Congratulations, Kopano, for making it to the top 16 of the Empress South Africa pageant. Oh, wow. <laughs> sure. Tell us what your hashtag is and why it is important that you win this competition. Mm. 
She passes the microphone over to me. And I'm thinking, girl, you better answer like you've been practicing in front of the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) And so I did. (laughs) Because tonight, tonight is the night that I'm winning that I'm Press South Africa crown. I take a deep breath. (sighs) Lean forward into the microphone and I begin. My hashtag is choose the planet that is you. Because I believe that everything is interconnected in ways far beyond our humanly sight. We are what Mother Nature gives to us, and it is our duty to protect our environment at all costs. Sure. Now, you would think that I had everything flowing under after <laughs> that, but <laughs> when like I tell you, I went blank. <laughs> I don't know if it was the light or the intensity of it all, but in that moment... I literally saw my speech disappearing in the I'm, I'm shaking with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it disappeared. It went blank, you know? And I was, um, well, um, we, yeah, uh, that's literally all that came out of me after that. Sure. And I was panicking. I could feel my confidence sleeping out of me like a battery being drained, you know? There was this like, huge lump on my throat. Mm-hmm. And I thought I, I genuinely wanted to cry because I felt like a failure in that moment. This was not supposed to be happening. I stumbled my way through the rest of the speech and I walked back to the line of semi-finalists after I'd answered my question. In that moment, I knew that I had lost the crown. I mean, I felt foolish, you know, stupid for thinking that people would care to hear about the importance of preserving the environment at a platform such as this. I mean, this was a pageant, you know. What was I doing here? I wasn't an empress. I I really felt like an imposter for trying to prove to the world that I was deserving of this title. And I was really disappointed in myself. I'd been waiting for this moment for a very long time. You know, I was passionate about climate change and environmental activism. And I thought if I won that crown, my my cause would be legitimized and I would take center stage. I mean, with a good title and a good following, I could influence our world leaders on mm. a global stage, you know, and implement tangible solutions to the global warming crisis. And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I thought that the only way of doing that was literally winning that crown. Sure. You know, I never won anything from a pageant before. So I had to prove to myself that I was more than just a pageant girl. I was multifaceted. I was a model and I was a diplomat in the making. This was supposed to be an open door for me to become Miss South Africa, for people to know my name. Hmm. And of course, <laughs> I don't have the title or the crown of Empress South Africa sitting on my head right now. But one thing is for sure. I think in that moment of gut range and disappointment and doubt, I found exactly what speaks to my advocacy. I was still passionate about protecting the environment, of course. So I kept on recycling at home and I didn't hesitate to tell people to, to pick up their litter. Even, you know, people who throw <laughs> litter outside of their cars. That, that really irritates me. No sense. <laughs> yeah. And I even did a conservation course at the zoo. Like oh, I was, wow. I was in it, you know, I didn't mind getting my hands dirty. So I figured that, you know what? The limelight is not for me. And so my golden dress went back into the cupboard and it stayed there. <laughs> um, so the next year, I started doing my honors in international politics because I really wanted to be a, mod, um, a diplomat, you mm. know, and I still want the title. I still wanted the title. I wanted the platform. I wanted to share my ideas and to have a big name that could bring about big change. I knew that if I was in a position of influence, I could convince world leaders and organizations to stop polluting or at least adopt green policies. But life got hectic. 
As it does. <laughs> and honestly, that was one of the most challenging years of my life because this was 2020, right? And trying to balance online studies in the middle of a global pandemic and trying to figure out your life and make a name for for yourself is not is not a joke at all, mm. like really. And somehow, you know, towards the end of my studies, I had the strong urge to go back into modeling and pageantry. And so I took the initiative and I applied for Miss essay, but I didn't get in. You know, oh, man. again, it was like the universe was telling me that I was not meant for the, ah. for the limelight, you know, and I figured I had to find a different way to get my voice out there. Sure. And after I graduated, I had no idea of doing, I had no idea of what I would do with myself. Genuinely. I wanted to be involved in the environmental movement, but clearly modeling wasn't the way to get there, you know, and somewhere along the lines, I discovered this think tank called Youth at Sire. Which I'm assuming we all know. <laughs> but um, Youth at Sire um, promotes, you know, advocacy through policymaking processes and it offers an awareness of, of international politics um, or of international affairs through youth programs. And by now until this point, my environmental activism had been strictly hands on like physically picking up rubbish and recycling. So you can imagine the shock that I had when I discovered that policies had to be proposed, drafted, amended, and even adopted before real implementable change can be seen or done. Mm. You know, of course, that's something I learned in politics class, but somehow I just never thought it applied to policy, uh, you know, climate policies for some reason. And I thought... Back then, I just thought I could walk up to government offices, declare my desire, and demand <laughs> that every household be filled with recyclable, you know, bags every week for free collection, and also have like ten trees planted in our community parks. And whilst at it, urge that you know the the fences of game parks be higher to prevent poaching. You know, when I realized um, this is a really big mission, I took a step back and I decided to focus on job hunting. Um, until one day. I saw an advert on Instagram <laughs> for a Model United Nations debate hosted by Youth Asaya. I had been involved in Model UN all through varsity, so it wasn't new to her for me at all. I applied, I participated in the simulations program and in the two-day event, you know, that took place after that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the, the debate, I really felt a sense of accomplishment because I was still on the path of diplomacy like I'd wanted, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I guess the universe also just felt like I needed an extra push because right at the end of that debate, an announcement was made to um, to the entire MEN cohort to join the the National Youth Climate Action Plan Leadership Conference. Mm. And I kid you not, this sounded very foreign to me. <laughs> I'm like, climate action? Leadership? What is that? What is that? Literally, what is that? And I thought... But then this reminded me of the hashtag that I used in the pageantry in 2019, right? So I applied. And a couple of weeks later, I got an email saying that I'd I'd been accepted into this conference. And I wasn't sure, but something, something in me told me that my contribution to the climate space was about to be one for the books. Sure. I couldn't use my voice on a pageant stage. And so I figured behind the scenes would be the place to start. In that email, I was announced as an arts and digital media coordinator for the first ever South African Youth Climate Action Plan, which is short for the (laughs) SAY cap, (laughs) along with my good friend and now host, Zahir Soliman. Hi, me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. Uh, And, you know, the SAY cap... 
for us is a living, breathing document, you know, that is com- composed and drafted by the youth of this country, the South, you know, South Africa. And it's sharing personal climate related stories to enable change for policymakers and private businesses to achieve a sustainable, greener, um, future for all, mm-hmm. you know. And we created this, um, in the essence of, you know, embodying five principles being intersectionality, advocacy, um, um, advocacy and activism, good governance, systemic transformation, and environmental sustainability. And these are what govern the present and the future of what we, the youth of South Africa, want for this country. So, as art and digital media coordinators, Zahir and I were responsible for not only writing and editing the SAY cap, you know, but we collected um, stories, poetry, artwork, and these are all the parts that made up the big juices of the SAY cap process. Um, you know, before joining this process, I hadn't really thought about my, my agency and, you know, what I could bring as an individual to this country. I always thought that I needed to be someone big. You know, someone with a title, someone important, someone with a crown, you know, to do it all. Um, so to recognize that we were prioritizing the youth, the voices of the youths, voices of normal people like mm. you and I, you know, um, was really moving to me. And that was something special. Um, to think that we were giving regular people a voice to, to be heard. Mm. And one of the things that we did with the white cap was that we worked with young people all across the country. And I'm not going to lie. There was a point where I was really intimidated because we would get like high school and provincial leads who were like 13 to 15 year olds. And I know I'm still youth because I'm literally under 35. <laughs> but um, depends on who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, in a sense, you know, I, I felt a bit intimidated because it was astonishing how these young people were also taking up leadership roles to work on a process that I was also a part of, you know. The fact that we were conceptualizing, we were drafting, we were editing and proposing and also carrying out this document that would later be handed over to officials from the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment Mm. and the Presidential Climate um, Commission was really amazing to me. And, you know, my vision of how I was going to leave my mark in the environmental activism journey, this was by far the one I had never thought to envision at all, you know. And now considering that every conference and every meeting had taken place virtually due to the COVID-19 restrictions, I think it was funny that me and and Zahir met over a great deal of confusion over cheese. (laughs) And... (laughs) Because we were at the Italian ambassador's residence um, for a pre-COP26 event. And as we dished up, we noticed that there was this weird looking white ball thing that almost looked like a hard boiled egg, you know. And when we realized it was mozzarella cheese, like we really had a big fat laugh. And it was almost like we knew each other forever. (laughs) And, you know, we bonded really well. And when it came down to the Instagram takeover to promote the launch of the SAY cap, I knew it was going to be good. So for the takeover, you know, the two of us were basically managing the Youth at Zaya Instagram account. And we, in the process, conducted a series of interviews over IGTV lives. You know, we interviewed some of the youth contributors to the document, some of whom were at COP at the time. You know, we thought it would be nice to share a glimpse mm-hmm. of um, the team that was behind um, the first National Climate Action Plan. And, you know, to just build momentum on the mm-hmm. launch. Um, yeah. And now I think we were really all just 
worn out from having to create this document in literally less than a year. So our goal at the time was to launch it, you know, efficiently as possible, as efficiently as possible. And on the day of the IG takeover live, I literally began feeling extremely anxious 30 minutes before going on a. I was the one that was responsible for starting the live stream. And so I thought, you know, I thought looking at the screen, you know, while people joined in the session was very intimidating to say the least. And I started to second guess myself, you know, um, because I felt like, like once again, I'm not cut out for the limelight. What am I doing looking at the screen and introducing a whole live, you know, Instagram TV? Um, and once again, my heart was racing. And I could feel my chest pounding and I, I, I literally started to feel dizzy. These were just pure flashbacks from my moment on stage at the Empress South Africa pageant. I then decided I need to take a nap to calm my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> and at 18.50, I woke up because we literally had to be live at seven on the dot. You yeah, know? no, Bonolo, I was like stressing <laughs> out. I was like messaging, like, where are you? <laughs> And I honestly wanted to bail because I can relate to that, you know. But then I thought, Kopano, you can't let Zahir down. Also, he's literally going to kill you if you don't show up tonight. <laughs> you know, my friend is very capable of holding this over my head for life. So I knew I had to, I had to show up and do something. And I'm racing up and down at this point, looking for something really presentable to wear whilst fanning my armpits and sweat, you know, because I'm, like, I'm, I'm sweating at this point and my heart is, oh my word. And time is running out. And suddenly, it's time to go live. I have my phone positioned in front of me, ready to start. But then I get a message from Zahir and he's struggling to get online. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Does, th does this mean I have to entertain the guests alone? At this point, my anxiety is skyrocketing because once again, I fear that my words will disappear into thin air. Sure, sure. You know, I, I, I had to pull myself together. And through the nausea, the panic, the dizziness, I managed once again to who saw myself <laughs> to the IG takeover whilst chanting, KP, you've got this. You can do this. And you know what? I nailed it. I certainly didn't mumble my way through the session. I was a present and actively engaging. That's and it all best. worked out. <laughs> it really all worked out, you know. I know this may seem like a small win, but for me, it was really big. Mm -hmm. sure. I felt this rush of confidence. And at the end of it up, I had showed up. And that's all that mattered. I'm not really sure what it is, you know, whether it was the fact that I showed up for Zahir or the youth that had worked really hard on this document, you know. But I realized that there's more power in doing something collectively. So here I am, having started my journey thinking that I needed a crown or that I needed a powerful position to make a difference. But the truth is, I've done more in these two years of my life than I ever have with, without those things. And I didn't need to be the loudest mm. one in the room. I didn't need to be the most glamorous or the most recognized. I just needed to be part of a collective, to be part of something bigger than myself. Sure. And even if that's not center stage, you know, that's what continues to inspire me every single day. And that, my dear friends, is my story. Oh, wow. Sure. What an incredible story. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. I think what really inspires me about your story is 
you the person, right? It's like how we evolved through, yeah. how you evolved through this journey of activism and advocacy. Mm. You know, just the individual that in as much as we're making the world better, the human and the individual becomes better in the service of others. Absolutely. Just so inspiring. Yeah, no, just, just the fact that I think I, I, I've also been able to see you grow through the role and, yeah. and go from what she was then to, to now. Like it's, mm. it's fantastic. And the fact that you came to that realization, sure. like it's, it's so profound. Thank if you. that's a good word to you, it is. So profound. It is. Yeah. I can relate to that. Sure. <laughs> sure. I definitely can. Wow, what a what a story, Kopano. I mean, I'm having I'm having those flashbacks to to being nervous <laughs> on the Instagram live live takeovers also. But uh, I think now we just want to ask a couple of questions for you, and I think I want to start by by saying in your in your story, you know, you talk about the crown and title and position, and a lot of us think we we need to be in those positions of power to be able to to make change and in in influence others, but. Through your story, you've actually shown us that that we don't need that. Mm. You've been able to do so much. So why do you think so many people feel that way in the beginning where you need to be in a position of power? And how do you think we can change and overcome that that mindset? Sure. Um, I think for me, it stems from childhood, you know. Um, very often, I think like, I've witnessed people or my even myself for that matter growing up with the idea that you had to be older or, you know, Someone with more superiority to make, to make decisions and to make change, mm-hmm. you know, whether as an adult, whether as a, as a boss or a CEO or, you know, something with mm-hmm. a heavy title to you. And, um, I think it's important that even from a young age, as, as, you know, six, seven preschool, the, the idea of being enough should be embedded in, in, in us as children to be able to know that we can make change irrespective of how big the wave is, mm. you know, of that change. And I think for me, it was just so important to, to um, it was just so important for me to just represent what I would like to term as an underdog, you know, the people who sure. are behind the scenes who are doing mm. more. And I think even, you know, script writers or, or movies sets can relate to this, you know, when, <laughs> where, you know, the people, the directors at the yeah. back, you know, people mm-hmm. who sit in the back, they do more work than I would like to think the actors, but, you know, not to compare, but there's so mm-hmm. much work that, do, that gets done in the back end mm-hmm. that people just dismiss because you are not recognized or you don't win that, you know, title, the, 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 the Emmy or the, you know, what is <laughs> yeah. this, the, the trophy, you know, and, for me, that that spoke to me to say that, you know, I, I really thought that, you know, being Miss Essay would get me the doors that, you know, would open the doors that I needed to to hear my, to, to have my voice being heard. But being around youth such as yourself, you know, I, I've managed to feel more grounded and do more than I think I could have done with all these cameras and lights in front of me. So I think in your story, right, mm-hmm. you mentioned a part of your life or when a lot of these drastic transitions started to happen um, was post your studies, right? And yeah. I think in South Africa, we all, we are, we're all aware of the high unemployment, right? Yeah. So young people just kind of finishing their degrees and just not knowing what to do, mm-hmm. you know? And I love the fact that in your story, you kind of position yourself in such a way where you get involved in volunteering opportunities. You kind of just throw yourself in any sort of experience, yeah. right? So what, just speaking to that, like what would you encourage young people to do? Like unemployed graduates who've just finished, you know, especially when you're studying a degree like international relations. And I mean, the list goes on and on where young people are unemployed, right? But what would you say to young people who are in a position of maybe being unemployed, not knowing what the next step is? Um, cause immediately the, 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 the next thing that you want to do is to find a job, right? Yeah. But if that's not happening, what would you say to young people? Like what mm-hmm. would you say to young people? And within the activism, 
space, outside the activism space, what's the next move for a young graduate? I think the one thing that I would say or suggest to young people would be to just jump for it. It sure. took me a while to to understand that because I often refer to myself or I often think that I'm very old to be engaging in these spaces, you know. Sure. Um, but I think just jump for it. And it's so easy when you find something that speaks to you, mm-hmm. you know. If you think that a bottom-down approach is not where you fit in and you want to be hands-on at the grassroots level, then do that. Volunteer, sign up to an NGO. You know, there's so many youth programs that are open for volunteers. And obviously, you know, you also have to put the idea of gaining money aside, you know, for a bit, you know. Just focus on the experience for now. And I think, I, I believe that, you know, the experience that you're gaining right now will eventually contribute to the career path that you're going to choose one day and that's also going to give you more money and you know just <laughs> yeah build all of that um so i think do what speaks to you jump for it i'm i'm learning i'm tr- i'm learning very hard mm-hmm. that no one is going to come to you and give you a job 100% in this economy and in as much as I don't think I've earned, you know, money doing the SAY cap, for example, or like became rich doing that. That was something that that spoke to me because Mm. I'm passionate about climate and environment and environmental justice. So I just jump right in and, you know, do what speaks to, do what speaks for you. Definitely. Just a lot on my side, right? How do you think all these experiences have culminated to where you are now when you kind of start seeing the different pieces coming together and making sense in the story? Well, that's a difficult one. (laughs) (laughs) A therapy Uh, lesson, yeah. That is definitely a therapy lesson because I've never really thought about them, you know, merging into Mm. one another. Very often I see my experiences as different, Mm. um, as separate from one another. And it's so difficult to just put them all one in bundle, in Mm. one bundle and say that this is what has attributed to where I am right Mm. now. But I think... All these experiences right now I have attributed to, I would like to think the confidence that I now have to be sitting right here in front of you and having <laughs> sure. during this podcast, you know, being on the, on, on stage with these lights on me has just, I know that I can't really say I'm on the, you know, back end right now because I'm speaking to, you know, the general youth or the listeners that will be listening to this. But at the same time, I've learned to humble myself and know that the little that I'm mm-hmm. doing in the back and is a title wave to whatever big you know sure. cause that I am you sure. know and it's all the little busy. things that make it you really you is it sure. really is and you've only got two hands there's only so much you can do <laughs> literally sure. so be gentle with yourself like do the little that you can and mm. make it work mm. yeah so good so good and I think as as a closing question let's go deeper into the therapy right <laughs> if you had to take the kopano that had just unfortunately lost the mm-hmm. most Empress crown. And you have to take the Kopano that you are now. Even looking back younger to younger Kopano that maybe thought you might have needed this crown or title or position, what would you say to yourself? What do you think now knowing that you've done more work outside of the limelight and outside of having a crown or title, what do you think you would just tell tell yourself or even anybody else that has that similar mindset? I think you don't need to be like everybody else. So often I try to compare myself to all the other Miss South Africas that have won the, you know, the pageant like mm. Zosivini and all of that, sure. you know. And I, I just realized that your self-worth goes so far and it, it, it contributes to how far you go in the space that you advocate for. 
just believe in your cause. It took me a while to understand that my cause might be a bit different from mm. my family and my expectations and the expectations the expectations that they have for me and mm-hmm. especially with the degree that I did I just thought I was shoot right into diplomacy and you know start driving diplomatic cars or something like that <laughs> getting um, a diplomatic passport already <laughs> exactly um but I think message for my younger me would be to trust that you were brought onto this world to know to to fulfill a purpose and that purpose is not going to be like everybody else's mm. sure. someone's purpose would be to win that crown someone's purpose would be to have that trophy someone's purpose would literally be to be the biggest billionaire that you've ever seen in your life and you might have been gifted with this bundle of joy that could literally just open doors for somebody mm. else or maybe you're responsible for the whole lin- a whole lineage of people that are coming after you it's different for everybody and i think just believing in my yes. young believing in yourself and mm. the, you know the potential that i have and just speaking kindly to myself and affirmations obviously <laughs> you oh, know that's, yeah that's that's great i think you you've left us speechless <laughs> we're, we're so inspired after hearing that thank you uh that's all the time that we have for today friends <laughs> she's not zozi binitunzi she's not demeline elpida she's topano moraka Yay! thank you for being here Thank you so much for hosting <laughs> me, you guys. <laughs> we're, we're your co-hosts. I'm Zayir Suleiman and I'm joined with my co-host with the most. Bunolo Muikanyane. Thank you for listening and join us next time to hear more stories of young people making change in their communities. The Youth Tell All podcast is a production from Youth at Zaya, the youth programs at the South African Institute for International Affairs. Youth at Zaya is focused on giving a voice to young Africans to tackle the major issues that confront them while building capacity to engage with policymakers at national, regional and international levels. Youth at Zaya empowers youth with the skills to become continental leaders with a commitment to co-creation, collaboration, inclusivity, decolonization, social justice and intersectionality. Our broader thematic areas cover climate change, gender, education, employment, and sustainable and regenerative futures. This series has been made possible with the financial support of the Embassy of Finland in Pretoria. This episode was produced by Kiara Worth and Desiree Kashulik in collaboration with Solid Gold Podcast Studios. The Youth at Saya leadership team includes Desiree Kashulik, Titebogo Lebia, Lucille Naidu, and Itumaleng Impure. Story development has been done by Kiara Worth. If you have a story to share or want to learn more about our podcast, our programs, or how to get involved in youth activism, head to our website at saya.org.za slash youth. That's S-A-I-I-A dot org dot Z-A forward slash youth. Youth at Saya is across social media sites too. So find us wherever you are. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember... Youth are leading. leading.